Hey, it's Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. After a prolonged hiatus, we're back. I don't really like the term hiatus, but what are you going to do? That's the term we use, right? Hey, on today's show, we're going to talk about having a partisan attitude versus a political attitude. Is there a difference? We'll look at also how to communicate truth without having a religious spirit. And uh, I'm going to admit to the fact that I was terribly wrong about everything as I hosted a radio show for five years. Much more to come on The Fairly Spiritual Show. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through. Spoken by your word, your Holy Spirit's leading me. You are my only one, you're the only one worth living for. So I'm dreams with you well we are back after a prolonged hiatus yes hiatus i'm going to keep using that term until it sounds right after a prolonged hiatus uh the fairly spiritual shows back about nine years ago i think it was nine years ago i don't know if it was nine or a hundred years ago i'm not quite sure on the date i started a podcast that turned into a radio show called the fairly spiritual show And then I discontinued that show uh, after I had my own uh, radio show in the Seattle area called Live from Seattle with Doug Bursch. And for five years, I did that daily talk show. It was uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. in the Seattle area on 820 AM KGNW. And I had the privilege of doing a talk show where uh, it was eight segments, 10 minutes, then five minutes of commercials, then 10 minutes, then five minutes of commercials, and had the privilege of learning how to do live radio in the Seattle radio market on a pretty uh, conservative uh, radio station. Well, after five years, uh, the Lord called me to quit doing that. And I'll tell that story someday, uh, but not today. And uh, after that, I decided to write a book and focus more on just pastoring the church that I pastor, Evergreen Foursquare Church, and trying to to write my own book. And actually, that'll be coming out in just a few weeks. It's called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And we're going to be doing a special series on that where I'll be going to, into each chapter and delving into uh, the, the content and uh, basically getting into the deep things of why do we need to gather as a community. But I thought before I get into that, I would just do a few shows just talking about my heart and what I'm passionate about, and we just get back on uh, the audio airwaves here. I know with podcast, it's not radio anymore, so uh, we won't be going to commercial breaks, which is good. I won't have to sell anything, which is even (laughs) better. But I thought I would just start out first with a few shows, just giving you my heart on some big issues. And then in a few shows, we're going to have a special 18-part series where I'm going to go in, in, in depth, just deeply into why community is important and get into the theology of community 
and just give you a lot of hopefully good information and free information about um, community and a biblical understanding of community and my own struggles as a pastor and a minister. So I'd love for you to be able to share that with other pastors and ministers and leaders who need that kind of information. Uh, But today I want to talk about uh, the issue of facilitating a reconciling dialogue in a frequently bitter world. Um, when I went on the radio, uh, back back when I was on the radio, by the way, for those of you who don't know what the radio is, that's the thing in your car that you might still have that you plug your MP3 player into, the thing you bypass um, that has an AM and an FM. I, I don't even want to explain it. Ask someone older than you about that. But anyway, I was on the radio for a while, and one of my goals on my show was to facilitate a better dialogue. At the time, I felt that we as Christians had become rather partisan. Now, (laughs) I'm sorry, sorry to laugh, but I had no idea how bad things would get. At the time, and this is where I was wrong, at the time, I thought, boy, you know, there's this ridiculous extremism out there, this extreme far-right expression, and even kind of an extreme far-left expression, that there are a lot of people who are not that extreme, who are somewhere in the messy, nuanced middle, who would like to have a dialogue in that messy middle. That was my assumption. Now, although there are people in that place, I thought there were far more people in that place. I thought we were moving in that direction. I did not know that we would end up uh, where we are today in our current political and social climate. And I thank God that I'm not on the radio having to deal with this kind of stuff on a daily basis. But my goal has always been, at least as a pastor, I don't know if this is my goal as a three-year-old or a seven-year-old, but but as a pastor, my goal has been, how can I facilitate conversations that reconcile? And you're going to hear me use this term quite a bit uh, on this show, because I think as Christians, we need to have a theology of reconciliation. The Apostle Paul uh, said that we are involved, or we are called to participate in the ministry of reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, uh, he, he talks about, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the work of the cross, that through Jesus Christ we've been reconciled to God, you know, brought close to God. We've, the dividing walls of hostility, the sin that separated us from God, has been removed through the cross of Jesus Christ. So we've been reconciled to God, right? There was hostility. We were enemies of God. We've been brought close to Christ, and not only close to God through Christ, but we've been brought close to one another. The hostility, the dividing walls that separated Jew and Gentile, our our slave and master, our male or female, all these divisive things in our culture, through Christ Jesus, through, through the cross, these dividing walls of hostility have been broken down so that we can be one through Christ Jesus. And so Paul says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And I believe that sometimes we don't take the ministry of reconciliation seriously enough. That you and I, uh, and if you're not a believer listening to this show, that is awesome. In fact, uh, I had on my radio show a few atheists who listened. I had a couple atheist friends who would sign on and sign off and email me and, and talk about things that we talked on the show about. I'm so glad you're listening, but sometimes I'm going to talk 
obviously, as a pastor, a Christian pastor, I'm going to talk from a Christian perspective. So that's just the perspective that I, I come from. But if you call yourself a Christian, reconciliation is kind of an important deal because that seems to be why Christ came, that we were enemies of God. And by the way, however you think Christ reconciled us to God, that seems to be the purpose of Christ's coming, is to reconcile us to God, to to break down those dividing walls of hostility so that we could have relationship with God. Even, Even the forgiveness of sins is for what purpose? So that we could what? Be in right relationship with God. And not just right relationship with God, but right relationship one to another, right? Because we know when sin enters the world, what happens? When, when sin entered the world, it not only broke relationship between God and man and God and woman, but it also broke relationship in the, in the horizontal way. Uh, boy, am I getting that right? Horizontal, vertical, let's see, the horizon. Yes, yes, in the horizontal way as well, right? It, it broke relationship between brothers. You know, Cain uh, kills Abel. That the immediate sign that we're not right with God is it breaks down relationships between Adam and Eve and relationships between Cain and Abel. And, and I address a bunch of that in the book that I have coming out, but we'll, we'll deal with that on, on other shows. So reconciliation is a crucial thing because Paul says, you have been reconciled to God, and one of the signs that you've been reconciled to God is that now you are brought into the ministry of reconciliation. That means your goal is to be a reconciler or to facilitate that ministry. And, and I just wanted to address this up front. My goal of communicating is not just to be right. And I just wanted to throw some things out here, and this will be the the goal of anything we do on this show. And I and I hope you can stay with me as we begin to formulate who we are and, and, and our passion and what we're about here. But but my goal is not just to be right. My goal is to be reconciling, and there's a difference. There's a lot of people out there talking about what's right and wrong, but there aren't necessarily a lot of people entering into the ministry of reconciliation. Let me explain. The goal to be right is just, I want you to know I'm right and you're wrong. The goal to be right can have no passion or compassion for the people around you. I, I, I can just be, I'm right, you're wrong. And we all know this in a parent thing, right? Where dad's right and the kids are wrong. And I don't care whether the kids are crying or they're upset or they're mad at me. My goal is just to communicate to each of you that I'm right and you're wrong. It's my house. It's my rules. I'm right. You're wrong. That is not a reconciling attitude. A reconciling attitude is communicating your rightness, or maybe just the rightness uh, that exists in the world, for the purpose of reaching people. That means the father communicates that he is right, or the mother communicates that she is right, for the purpose of understanding, so that the children can see that truth, recognize that truth, and want to enter into that truth. So my goal isn't to be right But my goal is that if I truly am in the right, if I have found the truth, if I found the light or the life that is found in Christ Jesus, and I believe someone else is in the wrong or someone else is in darkness, my goal is to communicate truth in such a way that they find the light or that they find the truth or they find the life. If they're dead in their sins or they're dead in their deceptiveness or their depravity, I I want to communicate in a way where they find that truth. And so my goal is not so they know I'm right and they're wrong, but so they know life. It's to communicate, to bring them into the family of God or into the truth or or because I am communicating to them the way I would want someone to communicate to me. 
if I had believed a lie or if I was in darkness. That's the difference between a reconciling dialogue versus just communicating to be right. And that brings me up to one of the problems, the fundamental problems of the world we live in. And to me, it's the issue of the partisan dialogue we have. And now in the book, I have this whole chapter or this, I, I go in, in depth into this issue of this partisan nature. But I want to talk about the difference between being partisan and political. And I think this is important. Sometimes when we see the chaos that's going on around us, and we, we let's just talk about it. We have like, some of us, we've heard so much about Donald Trump. We've heard so much about the collapse of our trust in government. We have, you know, Facebook and Twitter and social media and the news. There's, there's so much going on. There's so much chaos. Who knows by the time that this, this podcast or the show is uploaded, what will have happened in our news, the way we communicate. There's so much political stuff going on that we'll say things like, well, I just, I just don't want to be political. People will say that. I don't want to be political. Or others will say, no, as Christians, we need to be political. And I think we're using the wrong terms. To be political, there's nothing wrong with being political. In fact, everyone's political. To be political means you just have opinions, political opinions. Everyone has a political opinion. In fact, saying I'm not political is a political opinion. It's just the opinion that I don't engage politics that carefully. Like a political is just just how I view the world, how I view governance, how, and, and everyone should have an opinion. As a Christian, we are servants to the Lord. We're also servants in the sense of, you know, I'm going to be the best citizen I can be. The Apostle Paul said, uh, you know, for each of us, we're supposed to be the best we can be. We're supposed to be, he told slaves to be the best slave they can be. He said, you know, try to be the best you can towards your master. God sees that you're being treated unjustly, but try to do your best. He he, he said to anyone in an unjust system, you know, for, for women and for children, try to serve as best you can, those in authority over you, um, because, you know, God's going to hold them to account. He said this in First and Second Timothy and Titus. Basically, he's saying, you know, try your best to serve. You work against injustices or injustices, but do your best to serve. Do your best to, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. For me, you know, as an American, I'm in a system, it's a democracy, I'm going to engage the system the best I can. I'm going to do what I need to do as a good citizen, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote, I'm going to engage this political system because I'm an American citizen. I'm not going to be a snooty person who says, oh, I don't, it doesn't matter, I'm a Christian, I'm better than everyone else. No, I, I, I need to engage this, I need to be the best citizen I can be. So I'm certainly going to be politically engaged, and if I'm not politically engaged, then I'm yielding politics to people who do not have, you know, maybe any care about the things of God. So I think it's really dangerous just to say, well, Christians should be political or shouldn't be political. We just are political. Everyone is political. The issue to me is partisan. Partisan is a very different thing. Now, you can have a party. You can say, I'm more of a Republican or I'm more of a Democrat. But partisan is a different thing. To be partisan, and, and you see this partisan spirit in our culture, the partisan spirit to me is a very destructive spirit, and we're seeing how it's, it's being communicated in destructive ways, not just in politics, but in how we communicate religion. The partisan mindset is this kind of mindset. My goal is for my party to win and your party to lose. That's the partisan goal. The partisan goal is we need to get 51% of the vote and you get 49 or just a little over 50% of the vote. We need our guy to win and your guy to lose. We need our party to rule and your party not to rule. 
the partisan mindset does not go for consensus. The part, partisan mindset goes for control. The idea is we want the Republicans to win and control, or we want the Democrats to win and control, and our goal is to win and for you to lose. It is not a reconciling spirit. It's not the spirit of we want to find a way for these two different groups to come together to find some sort of consensus, to come to the truth, to work together. It is not a spirit that goes for working together for the greater good. It is a devouring spirit. And you see that, right? You see the goals. I don't care what those Democrats believe. I don't care what those Republicans believe. You see the extremism of this, and you see it vacillate back and forth. You're seeing this extreme sway between Democrat and Republican, and, and, and you kind of see the future of this, that this might not get any better. And, and you see where people begin to communicate truth, not in terms of, I'm communicating to you because I want us to work together for some consensus. It's just, our party's right. Our platform's right. Your party's wrong. Your platform's wrong. We need to win. You guys need to lose. Rally around us so we can defeat them or destroy them. That partisan mindset is creeping into everything we do. And sadly, it's creeping into the church. We're seeing it right now in how Christians communicate truth. And you see it in social media, where we're not distinguishing between a partisan communication of truth and a Christian or reconciling communication of truth. And you see it. You see people, I don't care what anyone else thinks, abortion is wrong, and I'll tell you why, and they just begin to communicate all their truth statements, and they'll say why abortion is wrong, and abortion is killing babies, and abortion is this, and, and they may say all these truth statements that might be right, but the way they communicate those truth statements are not reconciling. They're partisan. They communicate these statements in a way that lifts them up and tears others down. They communicate those statements in a way that divides and devours. It's a partisan rhetoric. It's we're right and those guys are idiots. We're the good guys. They're the evil guys. We're the righteous ones. They're the unrighteous ones. They're the demons and the devils. We're the saints. We're the heroes. They're the villains. And you see this in communication. People are not distinguishing between a partisan rhetoric and a Christ-like rhetoric. See, communicating truth in and of itself, just communicating truth statements without a reconciling heart really doesn't have any value. Jesus didn't just come to communicate truth. He came to reconcile the lost. He came to love those who were lost. He came to love his enemies and to lay down his life, to communicate clearly that not only was he against our sin, but he was for us, that he communicated this truth for the purpose of bringing us into right relationship with God. And we are called to that same ministry. And if we are not motivated by a reconciling spirit, then we are dangerous. And we are working against the kingdom of God. When I did my radio show, some of the meanest people I ever met were political Christians. Some of the meanest people, just by far. And frankly, some of the meanest Christians I ever met were far-right Christians. I, didn't, I met also some really mean, extreme far-left Christians as well, where they had embraced this extreme partisan rhetoric, where if I said something that disagreed with them, they would tear into me with their truth, and they would dehumanize me, and they would call me names, and they would question my salvation, and they would communicate their truth in such a way that their spirit was so ugly, so angry, so harsh, that even if they had said the truth, there was nothing about their personality that made their gospel attractive. You know when someone's loving you, and you know when someone's hurting you. And there wasn't love in what they were doing. 
See, we communicate truth in love. It's not just truth and it's not just love, it's truth in love. And when love does not exist, it's no longer truth. Or when love is a secondary value, it's no longer truth and it's no longer love. It's always both truth and love. And truth and love is reconciling. That means I'm communicating even when I disagree for the purpose of I think that you are wrong, but I want to bring you into the light. I'm trying to have a relationship with you. I'm trying to connect with you for the purpose of I love you. And I'm trying to communicate this difference in a way that brings us together so that we can find Christ. Yes, I will say my opinion. Yes, I want you to say your opinion. Yes, I want our opinions to be based on the truth that is rooted in God and rooted in the gospel. But my goal isn't to destroy you. My goal isn't for me to win and you to lose. My goal, in fact, winning is for you to be reconciled. Winning is not for me to be right. And you see this, people fighting on the internet, trying to prove their points at the cost of relationship. I remember doing this in college. I was at a community college, and I was arguing with some woman that I didn't know in uh, the student hall. You know, we're in the student hall, and we're eating lunch, and we're talking about evolution. And I was arguing uh, against evolution, and she was arguing uh, for it. And Again, I'm not arguing whether as a Christian you can or cannot believe in evolution, but I was arguing why I didn't agree with evolution, and I was just going through these points, and I was winning in my argument. I was just, I was just winning, and at every point I was just going after it, and I was just so right, and I was so happy with myself with how right I was and how every point I was just winning in my argument. And then I looked over at her, and I noticed that she was crying. And she was crying, the stranger that I'd just met and having a conversation with about evolution. And she's crying because I had lost sight of the reason I exist. I don't exist to walk around this planet and convince people how right I am and how wrong they are. I'm here to share the love of Jesus and to have a reconciling spirit so that every interaction makes someone understand that God loves them and brings them to a relationship where it is more attractive to say yes to Jesus and to say no to darkness. I had lost the mandate of the gospel, or the mandate that Paul had addressed here, to share in the ministry of reconciliation. If we're not careful, we'll lose that as well. You know, I just wanted to start my first podcast with talking about how wrong I was. I did a radio show for five years, and I tried... In those five years, a daily show, there was 1,200 radio shows I did, two hours. Well, it was two hours on the air, but there's all kinds of commercials, so it was never that long. It was usually about an hour and 20 minutes of actual content. But I thought at the time that there were a lot more Christians out there tired of the devouring spirit of our age. I thought there were more Christians out there tired of the extremism, of the extreme polarized partisan rhetoric that I saw all around us. And I realized I was wrong. Although, you know, I did fine on the show and we had, you know, enough people listened and participated that I wasn't fired. They, I, I quit on my own accord based on the leading of the Lord. But, you know, I thought many more people would be attracted to that kind of spirit. And I was wrong. And what I'm seeing right now in our culture is there are many people who do not agree with me when it comes to this. There are many people who call themselves Christians who have embraced this devouring, divisive spirit, who see no difference between the partisan spirit and the reconciling spirit. 
even so, I, I just, I gotta say, I was wrong. I realized I was wrong. And there's a part of me that feels very alienated and, and like, I, I don't really know how many people out there are grieved the way I'm grieved. But even so, I, I'm doing this right now. I'm, I'm doing this fairly spiritual show and I'm writing this book, The Community of God. I'm ministering as best I know how because I believe there are some people out there like me who say enough is enough. I believe, and I hate it when people use the term remnant because usually it's some cult or some weird group of people who are really judgy. I know that sounds judgy as I call them weird, but you know what I mean, the remnant. You know, they have their own weird theology. But I believe there's a remnant of people out there. I don't know how big it is, but I think there's a group of people where you are caught in the middle. And I want you to know that this show is for you. This show is for people who want to facilitate a better dialogue, a better spirit. It's not just about our truth statements. It's about the heart behind our truth statements. It's about the motivation behind why we speak. Why are we saying what we're saying? It's not just about being right. It's about truly loving people. It's about truly having a motivation that every person I interact with, I want my first and last and only interaction with someone to communicate that I love them and Jesus loves them as well. I want that to motivate my social media interactions and my one-on-one face-to-face interactions and the shows that I do as well. I want us to challenge each other on growing in our ability to love and to facilitate the ministry of reconciliation. So this show is going to be about facilitating a better spirit, even when we talk about very difficult issues. And even when we disagree with each other, we're going to learn not to be jerks. Because we don't need more Christian jerks, and we don't need more know-it-alls. We need some kindness and some gentleness. And we can speak with authority, but in the end, we can also say, you know, I don't know. I don't know it all. I'm just a person. I'm just a human. I'm limited in my knowledge. So there needs to be far more grace in how we communicate our truth. And where we disagree, we're not going to tear each other down and beat each other up. And faction off into, you know, a thousand other different little parts and little little factions of you have to agree with me completely or we can't abide together. There has to be a way for us to abide together in this nuanced middle. So this show is for people who want a better spirit. This show is also for people who abide in that messy middle. And I'm not talking about a messy middle of lukewarm, you know, you don't know what you believe, and so you're just kind of in the middle. No, I know there's a lot of you that just don't fit into these polarized categories. At some levels, you're far right. At some levels, you're far left. At some levels, you're in between. Your life is just far more nuanced than the polarized dialogue that's out there. And you're frustrated. You can't join into any conversation because you get put to one extreme or the other. You just get filtered. You try to talk with your progressive friends and you get filtered negatively that way. You try to talk with your conservative friends, you get filtered negatively that way. You're just trying to be who you are. And by being who you are, it doesn't seem like there's even a place for you. Well, I'm hoping there's a place for you here. Those of you in the messy middle, in the nuanced middle, We're not going to address everything, but we're going to try to understand that many of us humans are in this messy middle. And what happens is, what do we do? We just stay silent because we can't even enter the conversation without being judged and filtered and processed and categorized into camps that we never wanted to be in, we don't believe we're in, we don't want to be in. I believe there's still people out there. I don't know how many people are out there but I'm looking for those people and I want to facilitate that community 
as best as we know how. And this show is also for leaders, ministers, and workers who need encouraged. I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, and I'm an encourager. If you are a leader or a minister or a worker who needs encouraged, I want to encourage you. I don't want to be another show that constantly talks about what's wrong with the church and what's wrong with pastors and what's wrong. Or when we talk about what's wrong, I also want to talk about what's right. I don't want to put sin under the rug. I don't want to pretend everything's okay. But I know a lot of leaders that are just struggling to make it. And the last thing you need is another show talking about how lousy you're doing and how wrong you're doing it. So this is what I'm going to try to do to facilitate a reconciling dialogue. And I'd love it if you'd join me as well. We can all have political opinions, but let's try not to be devouring as we communicate those opinions. Please join me. I hope we can create a community that's healthy and transformative. Okay, hey, on next week's show, we're going to look at a religious spirit, how we can change the content of our dialogue, but still have the same negative religious spirit. Thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Hopefully, there's much more good stuff to come. Hey, thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. If you'd like information on future shows, our past shows, or hidden shows, then go to the website. That's fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org. You can also find information on ordering my new book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from Reluctant Pastor. I'll even have signed copies available. Special thanks to my brother Dan Bursch for the theme music. I will see you next week. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through. But you've spoken by your word. Your Holy Spirit's leading me. You are my dreams with you.